Uh, indeed it is. Hour number two of our three-hour radio daily get-together here on a hump day Wednesday, a rainy Wednesday in the nation's capital and beyond. If you're driving out and about, please don't drive like a maniac. Be safe. Give yourself a little extra space. Or you could uh, drive down to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, or fly, I suppose, which is what Pedro Medhurst uh, did. And he joins us now uh, from Nashville for hour number two and touchdown at 10. Thanks to Linnell Willingham for uh, helping out in the first hour. Uh, Pete, we were yelling at each other, having some yuck yucks. I don't know if you've seen the where in the world is Pete Medhurst uh, uh, thing that uh, uh, franchise that franchise that Sanchez did uh, for you on uh, on Twitter because we were kind of you know talking about where in the world is Pete Medhurst and I was relaying to the young buck. Uh, that there used to be a video game back in the early days of PCs and all that called Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. So Sanchez put your face on the uh, on on the the front cover of the uh, of of the game Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. If you haven't well, seen that, as yet. we well know, Corey is an excellent uh, human being and appreciate him uh, doing that. And, and yeah, I mean it was it was pretty pretty easy. I mean it was a little bumpy, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to be incredibly bumpy coming back because. Yeah. Uh, Winds are going to be gusting to 40. We come ah, back to BWI yeah. later this afternoon. I will tell you, though, with this game, it, had I thought about it a little stronger, because I had Rosecroft last night. It was the only reason I really couldn't do it. It's like an 11-hour drive <laughs> to Nashville. So because I had Rosecroft last night, there was no way I could have driven here uh, and guaranteed getting here in time. So, Pedro, um, take the, I had take, to bite the bullet the and fly. Take the yeah. flight. Take the flight. I'm ho- I hope you got a little sleep on the plane, maybe. Sort of? uh, not on the plane. I, I got about a three-hour nap last night. I, I left <laughs> the house at four. Nap. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. I sleep in naps. So it's kind of what football players – I mean, look, oh, next question. What, what, what is Charles Leno doing right now? Did you see my guy on Channel 9? I, I did see that with Darren I Haynes mean, taking yes. over. I mean, leveling Darren Haynes. By the, I way, like that. by the way, that's a good Charles, idea. Charles Leno looked like a million dollars, man. Yeah. Can we get him to play offensive tackle in I, his suit? I mean, Charles Leno is a damn good left tackle, and he looked, like you said, like – well, he got a big old contract extension last year. That's what uh, it's all about, man. You earned he's it. He's done himself well, and he plays every game. That's You know me, how much I value that uh, dependability. Uh, knock on whatever this is on the counter in front of me. Uh, Charles Leno just continues to play every single game. He is the Kirk Cousins of left tackles. That's all I've got to say. Um, all right, so let's get to this. I don't know if you've heard this yet. Um, I, I mentioned this on the podcast last night. Uh, and talked about it, but I hadn't heard the full context and the full video and the full audio. So Ryan Clark on, uh, I I believe it was, uh, what do they call that afternoon show? NFL Live, I believe is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, So he was at FedEx Field on Sunday. And, of course, the commanders came up. And he had something really interesting to say that I think for the first time in a while, commanders fans are going to go, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, somebody in the national media – said something nice about us, and then he also said something about the football identity and where it's going. So I wanted to do double-prong, if you will, the conversation. So let's play what Ryan Clark said. It's a little bit long, right? About a minute or so. And then we'll react to both things that Ryan Clark on ESPN, former Redskin safety, had to say. 
You know what normally happens, though, when a team can stop the run, you can normally look at the other side of the football, and they run the football well, right? Because every day you're in practice. And Complimentary. That's what's, being, that's what's being preached in the building, mm -hmm. though, right? And in training camp, they're saying, hey, look, on offense, we're going to run the football, and we're going to practice that every day. So now defensively, you got to bow your neck yeah. every practice because you're taking on double teams. Guys getting to the second level, and it's getting physical. Well, what's happened is now that Brian Robinson has kind of emerged, mm. yeah, and he's added just a different level of physicality yeah. Yeah. to the run game, it's changed the entire energy of the team. This mm. team now has an identity. Yeah. They're going to come out. They're going to play tough, physical football on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You got a quarterback who, just going to be honest, sign me up to play any day as a secondary. <laughs> but when you look at him on this team, yeah. he gives the energy. And it, I was in the stadium this weekend uh, for Sean Taylor's um, installation. Yeah. Shout out to my brother, man. Miss you much. And the energy – in that stadium, it's like college, mm. right? It's yeah. almost a collegiate really? feel. Yeah. There, there, there's a feel of, like, that's our people. Mm. There's a connection. I think it's because of the quarterback, yeah. but I also think it's because now they know they have an identity, identity as a team. Yeah. All right, Pete. So th there's a lot being said in that one-ish minute soundbite, but I thought it was really fascinating. And it, and I, I know a lot of people are going to talk about the identity, what their identity is. We're going to talk about that as well. However, what I found fascinating is what Ryan Clark said about the energy in the stadium. He compared it to a college energy. He compared it to a college stadium feel. From a guy who's at college stadiums pretty much every Saturday, certainly for Navy football, and then obviously college arenas all the time doing basketball and various other events. And I know you're not at FedEx Field every Sunday, but I found that to be probably the most pleasing pleasant wow i wasn't expecting that thing that a member of the national media has said about the commanders fedex field and the and the commanders slash redskins fan base in a long time well you got to remember it's a small but vocal the the group that does show up every week is vocal right now and that's the uh, you can make it sound like a college atmosphere the the question is can you get more of it though um, and that's that's what's lacking uh, the the number of people, but the, no one has ever questioned that the ones that do show up react the way that they do. And Ryan is is exactly right from that standpoint. The people like we see them online every week, guys like Disco and uh, the Hog Farmers and all those people that show up. Yeah, I mean they're, they're rambunctious, man. They give it every they give it every game uh, that they they show up there. The problem is there isn't enough of them uh, that's doing it right now. But I mean, look, Ryan has. Ryan has experience here, so he knows what it can be like also when successful football is being played and that uh, that stadium does get going because we know, Chris, that fan base right now has so much pent-up energy and enthusiasm for years that's just been waiting to be released. And, you know, I think he, I think he hit it on the head. It, the problem is it's a small vocal uh, group. Right now, they just need a few more of those people out there. Yeah, so this is the most interesting thing because, like I said last night when I first heard the comments, it's not like you're going to Penn State. It's not like you're going to Happy Valley, Death Valley, LSU, the Swamp. It's not like you're going to Nebraska. It's not like you're going to one of these mammoth schools with 110,000 people, Alabama, what have you. And I know not everyone has 110,000. Michigan, you get my point, the horseshoe, whatever. Yeah. It's not like that, right? And, and, and the reason why it's not like that is because of just what you said. They basically have about 55,000 roughly, give or take, in the building 
on every home game Sunday or what have you. And we're going to get into more on that in just a minute. But to your point, and I think this was to Ryan's point, and again, I was pleasantly surprised to hear this because what do I tell you every Monday usually when I come back from a home game? I tell you, Pete, I can't see the club level all that well. I can't see the upper deck. But I sure as bleep see the lower bowl. And it's, it's, it's usually filled on the visitor sideline with about 10, 12, 15,000 visiting fans. But from basically end zone to sideline to end zone, most of the way across, it is filled with very ardent, very hardcore, very passionate Commanders fans or Washington football team fans, you know, over last year. Okay? And, and, And while there aren't as many as there used to be, again, every time I come back, I'm like, you know what? This fan base gets kicked in the nuts a lot. And it's not right, and the organization kicks them in the in the onions a lot, and that's not right. But this organization or this fan base is still is it it's a smaller percentage, but it is still a damn good football town. It is still a damn good football fan base. It is still a passionate fan base, and that's the point that Ryan Clark was trying to get at. Is that. You normally associate that kind of jumping up and down and the passion and the unity and all that stuff with a college-like atmosphere at maybe a smaller venue. I don't know, maybe a maybe Northwestern, maybe uh, what's a smaller venue that I'm kind of thinking about in college football? Not again, not a hundred, hundred and ten thousand, but a forty, fifty thousand, sixty thousand type venue. What would you say? Um, I mean, I mean you, obviously, Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, right. standing room only, can get this pretty close to 40. Um, Maryland has the ability to get more than that. They just don't show up based right. on uh, the numbers that we've all been provided and all the empty seats we've seen. But Maryland is a Maryland is a similar – the stadium is a similar, you know, build. I mean, that's – you can get 50-plus uh, in over at Maryland. And, you know, Mike Loxley's trying to get them back in that direction. Look, I mean, we can talk about – the 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 crowd and the passion of the fan base we know that those people are not going anywhere um what what has happened is now is the people that really aren't showing up now are the ones that have been priced out of not being able uh to to go let's face it uh maryland is suffering the same thing because uh, i was reading in follow-up to the washington post story talking about the lack of crowd that they have had there is people have been priced out because you got to buy Terrapin Club membership just to have rights to get tickets, and then you got to buy tickets on top of it. And we know how much the investment is if you want to buy tickets for just one game at FedEx Field. By the time you buy the tickets, by the time you pay for parking, you've got a lot of people that have just been priced out of that situation. I mean, Chris, we got people that still won't even go back to work. You think they're going to fork over uh, almost $200 by the time they're done? Uh, to get out to uh, FedEx Field, I mean, it's just that's just not going to happen. And people, the the people that are missing are the ones that have been priced out of it. Doesn't mean they're not rooting for the team anymore. Right? They've just been priced out of making that commitment time wise because many of them aren't like me, living 15, 20 minutes from the stadium. You know, many of them are coming from Northern Virginia or coming from Montgomery County, and they don't want to put in that time commitment that it takes to drive all the way around uh, the Beltway to land over to get to the games, and then obviously the price commitment. Uh, that it takes 
uh, to get yourself just into one game, let alone uh, be people that, you know, spend all their, you know, serviceable income, quite frankly, um, on season tickets. God bless them if they can afford to do that. People like Tailgate Ted and all those disco, those guys that all go, go out to games. I mean, you've heard from people that have called in that, you know, uh, some of the things they've gone through in terms of uh, the problems with ticket buying and uh, some of their displeasure uh, with the game atmosphere that they've had. But what's been the biggest reason that the game atmosphere sucked, Chris? Because they don't win. Now they're starting to do that. Now they're starting to do that. There's a lot more for people to cheer and get excited about. So that's the, quite frankly, that's the most important part of the equation. If you play winning football, people have something to cheer about, and there's less Eagles fans and Cowboys fans and Falcons fans and Panthers fans that come to the building that are doing the cheering on those Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why there's more noise out there. there. There's no doubt. Listen, I mean, obviously winning helps, but I, I guess what I would also counter and say is I've been, you know, at plenty of games where they weren't either A, winning or didn't win and still walked away with the noise level and with the the intensity that I see in the lower bowl. Now, yeah, again, but, but I mean, Chris, you got to remember, a football I'm sure that's crowd, everywhere. Right. A it, football crowd yeah. is different from any other sports-type crowd. You know, I mean, soccer's probably close uh, because a, a, a soccer, you, I mean, obviously the World Cup is an event, but go to a D.C. United game, and it's 20,000 people that are singing, chanting, cheering uh, through the course of the game. But a football crowd is – Football is an intense game. There's a lot of physicality, and Ryan even referenced that because that's the personality of the team right now. And when you have a team that's developing that type of personality, it's very easy to get behind that group and appreciate the physicality. Listen to the crowd when a guy you know, carries tacklers for a couple of extra yards to get a first down on third and four when it looks like he was going to be stopped for a gain of two. The crowd roars because they appreciate that type of play, and that right now is the physical style that Ryan referenced that this group is starting to play with, and that is an easy group to support that style of play. Which leads us more into the identity, and we're going to have a question about the identity and whether it is the Heineke Hive or whether it is a run you over and make you pay for showing up at FedEx Field style and philosophy. We will do that all coming up next. Plus, Paulie has been waiting on hold. Rev T is all revved up. And you at 301-230-0980. Let's hear from you, Commanders fans. Is Ryan Clark dead on? Is it a college-like atmosphere at FedEx Field? Plus, we'll get into the identity uh, thing, as we mentioned. Is Ryan Clark right? When he says on ESPN, FedEx Field was like a college-like atmosphere on Sunday. And for those of you that go every week or regularly more than once, would you agree with that, disagree with that? Let's hear from you, 301-230-0980. Pete's in Nashville. I'm back here in D.C. Maddie along the way as well. And you at 301-230-0980. Right here on the Team 980 and always live, free, and on demand on the Odyssey app. Pizza Nashville. I'm back here in the DMV along with Maddie Ice. You can follow Pete on Twitter at Pete Medhurst. You can follow me at WrestleMania621. You can check out Matt at Mr. Underscore Me. 
93. We'll have a little Commander's News coming up for you in just a couple of minutes during the trending alerts plus World Cup update as Team USA advances. Uh, Pete, we were right in the middle of the college-like atmosphere comments of Ryan Clark. Um, and again, I, I, maybe I was, maybe this doesn't, maybe this wouldn't even register in 30 other, 31 other NFL cities, but around here where everything has been about how horrible the stadium is, how horrible the organization, how horrible the ownership is. And by extension, unfortunately, the fan base again has been continuously kicked in the grapefruits over many, many, many years. Like something like this, which is kind of an innocuous comment, like made me go, wow, somebody said something nice about the commander's fan base. And we deal with the fan base more than they do, right? On a daily basis, on Twitter, on the radio, what have you, bumping around town, all that. We know the passion is there. It's just been basically covered with a wet, stinky blanket for the last 30 years and certainly the last 23 years, but it was still really nice and refreshing to hear this from Clark on a prominent stage. It's obviously making its way through social media. Uh, so more and more people will see it. Cause I have no idea how many people actually watch that show. Uh, but again, I was pleasantly surprised that somebody said something nice. And it, I think it means more because a Ryan was here on Sunday one. So obviously at firsthand experience and two, He's played here twice. So what other choice would you have but to believe that Ryan Clark knows the, the atmosphere at FedEx Field? The thing, Chris, has never been the, the – the fans have never been the issue. It's It's been the people, uh, you know, trying to sell them tickets. It's been the organization. I mean, the passion, I don't believe, has ever left uh, the fan base. And and that's the that's the thing. I don't think the fan base has ever been the issue. People still call us every day, Chris. People would still call us. People would still text with us. People would still tweet with us. That's never been the issue. It's been the treatment of those people when they come to the stadium that that has always been the thing that has run some of them away because it's easy. You can still, Chris, you can still cheer for your team from your house. You can still cheer for your team from your basement, from your you know man cave. And that's what many of them have chosen uh, to do now as opposed to financially uh, support the team uh, with significant uh, investment. So the fans themselves have never been the problem, Chris. Uh, it's always been about the people uh, and the treatment of those fans by the people within uh, the organization and really a lack of appreciation uh, for those people and you know the time and investment and the money that they put into it. No doubt, no doubt. All right, uh, I know we got a bunch of calls. Uh, we'll get to the identity thing here in a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say, just as an appetizer towards that, that this team's identity is obviously a very physical and sometimes dominating, suffocating defense and a improving week by week, especially as Brian Robinson gets healthier and better and better and more confidence, a, a an improving physical not just downhill, not just downhill, but an improving physical and at times controlling yeah. running game. And let me ask you. Let me ask you very simply, real quick. Based on the other things that Ryan said about the football, did you disagree with anything that he said? And was anything false in what he said about the football? No, exactly because, right. Be, because 
there's this thing about Taylor Heineke that nobody can explain why teams seem to play maybe a little bit harder for him. I don't know if it's true or not, but people seem to believe in him. Again, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, the results are the results, right? He does something uh, to inspire or to connect or to get guys to believe that, you know, he can pull a, a, a rabbit out of the hat. But I think it's wrong. For anybody to say the identity of this team is Taylor Heineke, I think no, the, it's, it, it's the physicality of the running game. Right. And the fact that look, right. I mean, Chris, he's, here's the thing: we've talked about it. He's not taking sacks, so they're not getting. They're, yeah. they're not losing yardage. And Staying ahead of the sticks, basically. Yes, yeah. yes. except for the the one third and fifteen the other day where he almost threw a pick. Along the sideline, which is right? why Ryan, which is why yeah. Ryan Clark said, "Sign me up for any secondary yes. that's playing those." And that, that's and that's the that thing. Team. Like, I don't want any prominent NFL analyst out there going, "Hey, this team is winning because of Taylor Heineke." No, 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 no. Just, I, I'm not saying that they're winning in spite of Taylor Heineke. They are not winning because of Taylor Heineke. They which are, is okay. Which is okay, by right. the way. Exactly. The object is to play the As best a football you can with the roster that you exactly. have available. Exactly. And that's what they're doing. Right now, it's a genius, simple game plan from the coaches. And what they've got now is a quarterback that's not taking nine sacks a game. Exactly. Think about that. Exactly. Think about the think about we, we talk about penalties and all the issues, especially at the college level with penalties, where an Alabama can have 17 penalties in a game right now. Well, in the and in the NFL, Chris, a sack is like a penalty and you lose the down. Okay, so when you lose nine sacks against a team like Philadelphia, that's that's. You're, you're never going to win that game. That's just incredibly detrimental to what you're trying to do. And that's what he is avoiding right now. He is not making many. The, the numbers of negative plays are much smaller for this team. So, therefore, the execution is a little bit better. If they could just simply find a way to finish off some drives instead of depending on Joey Sly, I mean, Chris, some of these games would not be sweated out 19-13 like they were this past weekend. Correct. All right, let's go to the phones because Paulie's been on hold for over an hour, and he's going to yell at us and be not happy about this. But, you know. What's up, Dangerously? Exactly. Hey, man, hell to the W, man. That's what happened you got fog on, leg on, and a chicken hawk on at the same time, man. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah, y'all went through the whole ABC anything but commander segment, just just full of high. Hey, CK, hey, CK, hey, turn the air conditioning up in the studio because those two let out a whole lot of hot air, man. I matter I had fact, I had to take off my hoodie, my uh, Kent State hey, hoodie, uh, because I'm so fact, overheated, Pauly. Matter of fact, CK, bring in the extra oxygen tanks. I know a lot of people in there gasping for air right now, man. Jesus, man. What y'all doing over there, man? Holy, it's called doing entertaining hey. radio. and, st- and, and, uh, and- nah, that yeah, wasn't entertaining, nah, 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 nah. man. It wasn't entertaining. That wasn't entertaining. It was a lot of things that entertaining, man. It was like Jeff Rulin and Charles Barkley going up against each other, Yeah, well, man. Charles Barkley it, happens it was, to be was, very entertaining. Which was, If you think, good, if you think Charles Barkley is not entertainment, it tells us everything hey, we need to know was, about you, Pauly. It was... It was Grimace and the Hamburglar, man. It was Spicoli <laughs> and Jefferson. <laughs> holy, holy. Paulie automatically yeah, goes to the top of the list for a Hamburglar reference. There I love it. There you go. There you hey, go. Hey, come on, man. He's talking about ABC. Do we say ADP? Anything but pasta to you? You couldn't help that, though, could you? <laughs> hey, speaking of, hey, nobody makes eggplant parmesan like my mommy. I'm oh. sorry. I hate to tell you that. I hate to tell you that. You That's okay. I mean? look, That's man, okay. 
Hey, as far as uh, what y'all talking about, and don't forget, he said a part of the uh, the, the, the the excitement in the crowd is, is for the, is from the quarterback. Also, don't forget that then y'all want to slam him. Also, you know, well, what nobody's, I mean? nobody's just, slamming him. We're just saying the hey, identity is up. not. Hey, Rufio, you be quiet, man. I've heard you talk for an hour and two minutes already. <laughs> You could have you could have hung up. The world would have been okay without without you. you hey, we can do anything. We can do anything but commanders. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty, and then you talk for the next hour and twenty minutes. What are you talking about, man? Uh, we were doing hey, skits and bits. Yeah, okay, skits and bits. Okay, hey, look, man. But look, real talk though, Pete, I think you hit it right on the head, man. Pause. As far as uh, you know, the fan base is. is there's not a lot of people there, but the people there are are, are it's like uh, it's quality over quantity. You know what I mean? It's almost like, and it mixes with the style that we playing now. We got a good defense. You know what I mean? We we got a physical running game. It's almost like going to a fight, and and, and one of the boxers are fighting in his hometown. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you gotta you gotta kind of beat you gotta kind of beat you know him. You gotta beat the judges who are kind of influenced by the crowd. No, no, but, but not in saying that, that our brand of football, you know, a, a, a hard nosed defense, you sure. know, uh, uh, you know, tackling, you know, we run. It's almost brawler. It's almost right. brawler like. Yeah, B. Rob running people over. So it's almost like you know a fighter fighting a, a good a good Marvin Hagler fighting in Philly. You know what I mean? Fighting in his hometown or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's that's what we getting. It's, it's quality over quantity with that. Hey, I got one irony from the game on on, on Sunday, and I was telling my man Sanchez this, man. And, and Cut Pete, I found you. He Cut Pete. Hey, he got y'all food. He got y'all. He got y'all. Think he about to host the game? I got him in the tuxedo dancing with a bunch of his friends. <laughs> I found him. I but saw look. it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but look, I'm gonna say one irony from the game, man. Um, Brian Robinson, first hundred yard game. You know what I mean? Best game of the season. You know what I mean? That's coming off of uh, uh, being shot twice in August. He had his best game, you know, on, on the day when we were celebrating Sean Taylor, you know, a victim of gun violence, man. Irony. I'll take that off, yeah. man. Hail to the W, man. Y'all have a great afternoon. All right. Paul, it's one. It's it's 100% accurate. Uh, I was thinking that, too, but I was afraid to irony. make that comparison. No, but uh, it's, it's, it is uh, ironic. I mean, it, it's exactly as Paulie. Uh, describes it there. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. And, you know, maybe, you know, if you believe in spirits and higher powers, maybe, you know, Sean Taylor was that guardian angel on the shoulder of Brian Robinson on Sunday, allowing him to, to push through. And, um, you know, it's just, again, Chris, the things are happening for this team on the field. And perhaps – and I, and I heard JP's conversation with Ron Rivera, and Ron Ron hit it right on the head. Obviously, you know, I mean, I've been part of the Naval Academy family for 25 years. I've observed uh, spectacular leadership from its highest level of the academy to athletes within the academy, you know, with their respective teams. And Ron is so spot on when when things are going not as good. That leadership needs to remain calm and steady. And Ron has done that in the face of a lot of stuff going on around this franchise. And he and his football side just continue to control what they can. And that leadership has remained calm. And now they are starting to get some of the rewards of that calm, steady, 
progressive leadership, you know, as you increase the talent level, you're starting to see better results. They've slowly been able to do that, and they could do better in that regard. There's no doubt, but they have improved the talent level, and Brian Robinson this week was able to deliver exactly why, you know, they were going to name him the top ball carrier coming out of camp and ready for the season. No doubt. You know, well, and, one thing and, you don't do is you don't coach a football team like you would host a sports talk radio show or call into a sports talk radio. I, I like to think we do reasonable sports talk radio. I mean, we, sometimes we have hot takes. Sometimes we're strong opinion. Well, by sometimes, nature, yeah. By sometimes nature, we use a lot of sure. common but sense you know what, that though? fans Chris, don't the use. Same. Hey, even the best teams have players that, you know, go off the deep end right. from time to right. time. Cost them 15 yards. Right. The good thing is for us – as long as we don't say, just like, you know, the penalty for a football player that goes off the deep end is usually only 15 yards. If we say the, the magic word uh, to the referee, it usually means you get fired. Right. So, but I, I guess the point that I was trying to make is Ron Rivera has had a steady, you know, patient at times hand in guiding this mess of an dude, organization. Think about this. Think about this. And, and, and I've worked, obviously, in a lot of places because I've had a lot of jobs. But – Think about our leadership that we answer to all the time. Is that guy not steady, calm, you know, doesn't, doesn't operate with a heavy hand uh, all the time, doesn't come running in the room every time you say something, you know, you can't say this or you should have said that instead. No, he doesn't lead like that. He allows his players to – to do what they do. That's why his morning show has been on the air 27 years on the other station. You know? And and it you don't get that leadership everywhere, Chris. We've seen you've seen it. Yeah. You've seen leadership no, in this business. I've seen leadership in this business where you you get people that are so heavy-handed that want to micromanage every single thing. I mean, I just watched my son coaching a basketball team where the head coach was just like that. And guess what? They won four games and it got everybody fired. Even though the assistant coaches were right in tell, they were tell, in what they were suggesting to the head coach because the new head coach is doing those things and they're winning games. They've won more games now than they did the entire last season. No doubt. So heavy-handed leadership sometimes is not, is not the way to go. And like I said, I mean, I've seen it. I've learned from it. It's, it, it's enhanced my life greatly at the Naval Academy and my kids' lives being surrounded by those people and those influences. And Ron Rivera, son of a – army father is exuding those qualities right now and while all of us have had a lot of impatience watching them win seven games it's it's because of his steady presence and his steady calm that the ship is now finding calmer seas out there and when you have calmer seas the results of the boat's performance are a lot better and this football team's performance right now is a lot better. It Simple happened this way in Carolina. It's happening in year three again here in Washington. And, yes, Ron Rivera deserves a lot of credit. Now, there are others that deserve a lot of credit as well, but Ron Rivera deserves a lot of credit when most of this fan base was ready to kick him to the curb five weeks ago. Well, he, right. could, have fired his, he could have fired his defensive coordinator like everybody wanted after week uh, two, and then – then what would you have had? You'd have that, had chaos. That is true. More of your calls. We see you all out there. We're coming to you, Rev T first, Chuck, Junior, AP, and you. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. First, a quick trending alert. 
All right, the Commanders getting ready for the first of two in a row against the Giants. They have designated Wes Schweitzer, who's been out with a concussion, to return to practice. That does not mean, of course, he'll play this Sunday, but his 21-day window uh, to be activated begins now. Wizards back on the road tonight in Brooklyn, 7-15 for the pregame, 7-30-ish for the tip right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app after the Monday night win over at uh, Minnesota uh, at home. No Ben Simmons tonight for Brooklyn. World Cup action, Denmark, Australia, nil, a, a nil-nil in the 38th minute. Tunisia and France, 0-0 in the 37th minute. Poland, Argentina, Mexico, Saudi Arabia still to come at 2 Eastern and former Marlon skipper Don Mattingly, the new bench coach with the Toronto Blue Jays and that's what's trending. All right, 10 in front of 11 right here on a rainy Wednesday morning in the nation's capital and beyond. Pete over in Nashville. We'll get right back to the calls here in a sec. Pete, you're going to be with us for at least, uh, what, a little bit uh, the rest of this hour and maybe more into the 11 o'clock hour, right? I will be with you through the first segment of the 11 o'clock hour. That works. Uh, Just a quick college football note. I just read this from Kevin O'Donnell, not Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach. Kevin (laughs) O'Donnell of uh, Fox 13, I guess down in uh, Florida, Uh, I guess down in the the Tampa area. Uh, Apparently, Deion Sanders has been telling recruits that he will be at a school on Sunday. But... It doesn't appear that that school will be Jackson State. The decision appears, according to Kevin O'Donnell, to be down to Colorado, which we know had reportedly made an offer. Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. which we know now has lost Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. South South Florida would have to be making a call on him as well. South Florida. There you go. There you go. South Florida. South Florida, five years ago in our league, was the best team. Uh, With Quentin Flowers as the quarterback, Willie Taggart as the coach. They were the best team. Yeah. Um, and now they're the worst team. Boy, has and Willie Taggart had a fall, and South Florida, both of them have had a fall from grace, well, huh? Well, Willie Taggart should have stayed at Oregon. He'd have been set with resources that you can't match in a lot of places in college football. He thought he would go to Florida State and match those resources, and that's just not – they're not on the same – in terms of resources, you can't do better than what Phil Knight can provide you. Mario Cristobal left it. He's now in the dumper at Miami. So all these guys leave all these great resources at Oregon to come back to Florida to find out that the grass isn't always greener because now Taggart has failed at two Florida schools. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. But, I mean, if you're, if you're Deion Sanders, you're, you like what has transpired at a, lot of, a couple of other places uh, because South Florida, I think, is a goldmine in our league. I think Deion would thrive there. I think the Colorado job is a tough job in today's Pac-12, and I think the Cincinnati job would be excellent for him in the Big 12. Question is, does he want to go Power 5 or does he want to go to the American right now, which is still, you know, whether you like it or not, still doesn't get the same uh, command. I think Dion's going to be great no matter where he goes, so whoever gets him, uh, you're going to see an uptick in that program. But why not go to Cincinnati? Already a ready-made winner. Ready-made winner right there. All you got to do is sign a dotted line, and you're coaching a team that's already – 
ready to compete for a Big 12 championship. All right, let's get back to the calls. Good stuff there on the Dion situation. We will keep you abreast of obviously what's going on. Rev T, oh, hang on one second. Rev T has been hanging on forever, and I know is all fired up, and he is part of that passionate fan base that we so often talk about. What's up, Rev T? Yeah, I, I was fired up, but you know, after you sit in, your ears, your eardrums be sweating and stuff. You know, you start to cool down. But 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 it, it, anyway, though, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was about to say, how y'all going to sit there and talk about the fan base? How y'all going to sit there and talk about fans in this fan base when I, Rev T, Tavon Fennell Sr., been the one, not the Hall Farmers, you know, the people who've been uh, uh, endorsing them uh, uh, packages being sent to my house. Uh, uh, ask me, did my yeah, daughters but, enjoy them? But, Rev T, no, this no, is, no, no, no. This hold is on, a personal hold on, hold on, battle between you and them. I mean, I can't. That ain't personal, man. Let's talk about it still. I, I just took a lot of sacrifices uplifting this team, telling people to believe, people attacking me, people attacking my family. And then, and then y'all started to mention people in this fan base. Rev T, believe, 4 o'clock in the morning on TV. Believe, Rev T all over the radio, believe, Rev T at other places, in, in other cities in town being called, telling people to believe in this team. So when you talk about the, the heart of this fan base, I don't give a damn about if I get the commander's approval or not. I'm saying off the people. But when you mention these names and you throw out these names and you talk about people that's passionate in the fan base, Make sure you think about what's going on with Rev T2 before y'all just keep tossing the hard farms out there like they some saints. Personal or not, it's wrong, it's wrong. I'll talk to y'all later, man. Y'all be chilling me with that, man. Okay. Who you know? I, I mean, thing, I mean. So here's I so here's say. the deal: the hog farmers and Rev T have this holy war going on, and no doubt. I don't know exactly all the details. I don't want to know. It's none of our business. It's it's between them. But you know what, though? Here's the one thing. But Rev T is really upset at them. But who's the one guy that always calls our show? Rev T. Okay? When Rev T calls the show, what does he do? He's always supporting the team. He's he's never downgrading the team. He's always supporting the team. He's right from that standpoint. That that guy's been there, right? But I think he's upset because I think you meant I think well, you mentioned what the hog farmers. As I was part talking of about your, people that are. I'm talking about people that are at the game because we were talking no, about I'm, things I'm in the stands you. at the game. Now, if if I, none of us know what happened on the inside, we don't know why they've allegedly banned him from going to the games. But I mean that's stupid because nobody. I mean, Rev T is out there like tailgate Ted and those guys in his unwavering support for the team. So unless somebody can give me a really good reason as to why, you know, why they did it, they're fools because they're, they're out here begging people to come to games and you got one of your most passionate supporters who you won't let come to the game. Yeah. So let, let's, be, let's be transparent about that, okay? Let's be transparent about that. So that's a guy that wants to be there, that wants to support. He wants to be there every week. So let's be transparent about that on that side. Because we often we hear Rev T's side all the time, we we get his side, no doubt. Uh, let's quickly go to Chuck in Pennsylvania here before the top of the hour. Chuck, how are you? Thanks for hanging in. I'm I'm well. Uh, happy Wednesday, guys. Same to you, pal. So uh, I've been a season ticket holder since the 2005 season, 
Um, in that time, I've only missed five home games, and I drive from Pennsylvania to go down there. So I know a little bit about the, 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 uh, the, the, fan, the fan experience. Uh, one improvement that they have made is it is expensive, I, I, I will admit, and the, the discount for season ticket holders in the past was, was pretty negligent, uh, or, uh, but uh, now it's about 50%, which is good. But as far as the, the, the college atmosphere and that, I think it's a little too early to say that because the, the Falcons game was one of the few games in the past in quite a while where Washington fans weren't outnumbered by opposing fans in empty seats. So, yeah, it was a great atmosphere and, and, and everything, but, uh, you know, we haven't seen that great, fantastic atmosphere since uh, the, the RG3 rookie season or maybe the, the you know, the, the, the 2015 uh, 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 playoff season. But, yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah, I think it's a little early to talk about a college atmosphere. Now, the fans who are there, I will say, they are passionate, and they, they're chanting Terry after McLaurin catches something. They're chanting Taylor, uh, you know, after he does something well. So, yeah, the passion is there with the fans who are there, but we've got a long way to go before there's a true, you know, home field advantage. I would agree with that, and here's uh, and thank you, Chuck, and and we hear the passion, and we appreciate you being a part uh, of the show and this fan base, Pete. Um, here's the problem: Sunday, I, w- when Kendall Fuller ripped off that pass in the end zone, I said this is first time I remember seeing almost all of the lower bowl jumping in pure joy in 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 um, uh, in unison because normally again there's 10 15,000 visiting fans on the on the visitor sideline the falcons didn't have many fans at that game they're not a national team if you will like the packers or the eagles or the cowboys or so on and so forth right they're just not the two lowest attendance figures this year have been the Tennessee Titans, also a team with not a big national following, and the Atlanta Falcons. There was only like 53 and change on Sunday. Now, it was raining, it was miserable, and it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving, but the two smallest crowds this year have come from the two teams that they played that had the two smallest, probably passionate, ardent, traveling-type fan bases outside of Jacksonville, but Jacksonville was week one, season opener, game one of the season. So just something to keep in mind. They really need to get those numbers up. They really need the visiting fans to visit FedEx Field uh, as well. But that, that obviously hurts home field advantage. All right, Pete's with us for another couple of minutes. On the other side from Nashville, we're with you for another hour, leading you into Burgundy and Gold today, right here on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app.